0: And welcome back to Infinity Circuit Radio. My name is Alex.
1: And I'm Wes. I remember your voice.
0: (laughs) It has been a very long time. Uh, I I apologize for not being able to put out an episode any sooner, but life has been absolutely crazy. Uh, The time zone difference and just work and life and all that stuff has just made it impossible.
1: Yeah, man, t- tell me about it. I was, um, I was doing a three-month conversion to a new helicopter, which took 13 months in the end. It was brutal.
0: It was, <laughs> I was brutal. Uh,
1: I was feeling at the end there. So, yeah, so we apologise for not putting anything sooner, but I've just been burning the candles at all ends and uh, finally done and just taking a bit of a breather right now. So it's, what a great time. Arcs of Omen just dropped. Rumours of 10th edition coming. Like, mm-hmm. if there was a time to get back into podcasting, it hiked about 40K it's now
0: yeah it's absolutely now um arcs of omen definitely has sort of rejuvenated my interest in the game and like my engagement i've been hobbying up like a storm been able to get some games in and i don't know just like the flexibility and like the the flexibility of the arcs of omen detachment advancements in the lore 10th edition on the horizon you know it's got me stoked
1: yeah and you're not the only one I've been talking to lately that's uh, is getting hyped for 40k again. I think it's it's waned in my my circle of people over the past year. I think and people are going, I want to play some 40k. Um, and I think it's probably the combination of those things, isn't it? The hype that you know tenth editions rumored around the corner, and the arcs of omen changes, the how you can build your force and stuff, the flexibility you get from that, and uh, yeah, so it's, it's what a great time.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um... But before we get into uh, all the nitty-gritty of the arcs of omen, which is what this episode is going to be about—eldari, um, sort of state of eldari, and what arcs of omen means to us—Wes, um, what have you been up to, man?
1: Oh man, hobby-wise, uh, kill team mainly. Um, I'm still play testing quite heavily there, so doing doing lots of that and up and factions and stuff for that as well. So I finished Corsairs uh, before Christmas, I've just almost finished doing a cabalite kill team as well which is is really neat actually so i'm actually um adding them into my current Drakari army and stuff so i've painted them like um alternate colors to that so they stand out it's like a well the hand of the archon which is what the kill team's called actually so it's gonna be like the archon's bodyguard type thing so yeah it's been really cool
0: um painted loads of phobos as well it's just uh anything i can get my hands on really <laughs> Nice, yeah, your uh, your Drukari kill team looks really, really good. What did you think about the release though? That Drukari kill team release, uh, I was a little bit disappointed, if I'm honest. Um, yeah.
1: the models don't really stand out to me. From the kill teams, had some really great uh, kill teams that have come out, the upgrade sprues, uh, but the Phobos one and this one have just been a little bit of a miss for me. Um, but the rules are really cool, so I've been really inspired to. To make a team, and actually, in some ways, I find it beneficial because I haven't felt that I've needed to do that. So I've created my own kill team for it. So it's very much a—it's got a Wed stamp on it. So I I like that. So it's a bit excuse to go out there and actually do some modeling.
0: Yeah, I think the paint jobs and just the modeling and all that look absolutely fantastic. Because you have legit Flayed Skull, isn't that the colors for your Drakari? Uh,
1: I I use I I use them as Flayed Skull, but no, I've I've, I used to play Flayed Skull. But they're painted up in the same scheme as um, Blackheart.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Of course.
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, <clears throat> it's uh, yeah, I, I really really like the uh, the Blackheart scheme. But um, I have though painted them in in the bone colour. Yes. Uh, for this uh, for the hand of the,
0: uh, the Archon kill team because it's just uh, it's like an alternative sort of sort of stands out for the rest of the army. Yeah, I, you know, I have that with my, um, with my Craftworld Eldar, um, I, for all the sort of super elite stuff, I do it in this sort of like eldritch, eerie, gray, blue, white, um, that's, I call it like Yanari Wraithbone, it's like the way that GW painted the Yanari, um, Incubi's Glaives, um, in Gathering Storm, I saw that, I was like, holy crap, I was like, Yeah. yeah
1: i'm on i'm on that yeah yeah so i so think i've been working on is, uh, my old school harlequins as well so i've got um right when the first uh sort of the second release of harlequins so i think it's maybe like fifth or sixth edition um and they did like that 10 10 man harlequin kit i painted them all up like really unique colors um and what i'm doing is i've made a model that kind of matches each one of those and yep. i'm painting them up like now so like uh God, must be like 10 years or so later uh, but using the same color schemes for each one so i've created a new new model for it a little bit more dynamic and stuff so like the um, there was the classic troop master which is like jumping with both legs together arms outstretched i've kind of taken that model but rather than being uh, like legs together like arms flying out behind he's like flying through it like a swan through the sky um and there was a um uh, an audio drama that he did and there was the Red Swan, swan was the, the Harlequin in there so in my mind I'm painting that kill theme from a uh, Harlequin troop from there so it's, it's really cool
0: man that is awesome yeah they're really old school too Um like second edition style where it was more than just like diamonds and mo- uh, you know in the Motley basically
1: yeah so in fact I'm, I took some inspiration at the time from the, the Dawn of War Harlequins on there so it'd be like uh, there's like red and yellow stripes, and then on there's like red and yellow diamonds, and then white and blue stripes, white and blue stripes and stuff. And it's yeah, it's, it's quite cool. It's got that old school sort of jestery type feel. So yeah, so I'm really excited about. But that's a bit of a slow burn, Hadi. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, because in my mind we'll probably touch on it a bit later. I'm, I'm really going. I'm really into that old
0: school uh, Eldari stuff at the minute. So yeah, I'm really pumped for that. How about you? Oh, I've been busy. Um, I'm actually getting prepared to do, I'm not exactly sure what format it's going to take, whether it's going to be like a new podcast or a YouTube, but I'm getting, there's going to be some kind of video content associated with it. I'm getting ready to do a big project with my brother. Uh, it's actually his idea. He asked me if I wanted to do it. So um, it's definitely going to be centered around narrative play. So we've been doing terrain, we've been painting. I've been working my world eaters, my dark angels, but more than anything, I'm getting ready like for my craft world or my Corsair themed craft world. So um, I've been working very, very hard to get all of that stuff back up to snuff or, I mean, it's all up to snuff. I have like, you know, multiple 2000 point builds, but I realized that there was like a number of sort of important units I needed to get repainted. So I wanted to redo my Corsair prints, um, so I've redone him. I bought another Vizark model. I popped the head off of the old one because I did a great job um, on his face. And I sculpted on hair and all this other stuff. But I had like a sort of cooler, darker scheme I wanted to do. And I got some Lumineth bits to give him a cool, unique sword. And I actually nice. magnetized his, I think it's his right arm. So I can give him different weapon options. Um, So, give him like a fusion pistol, have that just sort of bare Vizark hand, which just looks really cool. But if I want him to be WYSIWYG, I can swap out his weapons and, you know, give him a, what is it, the Warp Spider Spinner, fusion pistol, fusion gun, uh, all sorts of uh, Reaper launcher if I wanted to. So, I did him. Uh, I painted up some Swooping Hawks. And by Swooping Hawks, I mean uh corsair sky reavers the corsairs <laughs> with uh the wings so i painted up five of those and i took five that you gave me in your uh original west color scheme the yeah. white and blue and i just base i rebased them and so now i got 10 swooping hawks ready to go going to run those guys as just you know a cool corsair coterie that yeah. have joined the lines of a Surian. Absolutely. It's yeah. the point to
1: do man. so cool. He yeah. did such a great job of those as well. He really nailed them.
0: Oh, thank you, dude. Yeah, I'll be putting... I'll put some photos up in the Facebook group and have some slides in the Instagram post so you guys can see uh, the hobby progress that I've done. And what else did I do? Um, oh, yeah. Working on a couple of wave serpents because a uh, campaign against Imperial Guard, New Guard. Oof you got to have a bit of armor to deal with them because <laughs> they will just eat up MSU Eldar.
1: Yeah, God, are doing quite well right now, aren't they, from all accounts?
0: Yeah, well, I've managed to get in a couple of test games uh, against them, and, you know, my brother hasn't played in, you know, years. And, man, like, just the Lehman Russes hit so hard. And, I mean, we played, like, a couple of like 50 power level games and even at 50 power level he had like three Lehman russes a manticore and a basilisk and i mean so like at you know 2,000 points if you don't have like the kit to deal with i don't know like six Lehman russes you better figure <laughs> out how to deal with six Lehman russes so yeah. i've i've been sort of gearing up for that and it's been a ton of fun like i'm super excited to play again, um, especially dealing with, like, a giant... My, my brother, who's, like, a huge, huge guard fan, gigantic collection, and you really su- sort of need to dive into the codex to find solutions to, you know, the problems they're posing. Um, because yeah, they've,
1: got, they've got a lot of stuff there, haven't they? got lots of firepower, which is, uh, which is not good for elves.
0: No, and just, like... You know, counting on lances alone is not the solution. Um, and mean, we'll get into this later when we're talking about like you know the kind of lists we're looking to build. But you know, you're looking for different weapon profiles for sure uh, because there there is more than just the bright lance out there. But uh, just the upcoming challenge of dealing with uh, really tuned. Uh, Imperial Guard collection has got has got my blood up. I'm spoiling for a fight, and <laughs> you know I'm ready to return to war. So I'm stoked. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's great being this this buzz at the minute. Like, it's uh, yeah. What you see, uh, all like WhatsApp groups and uh, Facebook groups and chats go wild again. At the minute people are really getting hyped. And I think lots of people do that that thing, don't they? Just before um, uh, it's, it's kind of like nesting, isn't it? Like you know, sort of getting all your stuff ready for the next edition and. Make sure you look at your collection and go, what holes have I got to fill it right now? Yeah, just that, that that fear of making sure that you've got um, everything ready to translate to a new edition.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I have no idea. Uh, like, I'm not currently in 40K playtesting anymore, um, but I, I, I think the Arcs of Omen, you know, detachment, and the World Eater's Codex is definitely a sort of sign of things to come. I... I'd find it very difficult to believe that GW has not heard the, the player base's, you know, sort of plea for just accessibility and simplicity in the game because they've done it before. Like 8th edition was very easy to sort of get into. You don't feel like if you have skipped a couple of months of playing that you can't come back and just hit the ground running. 9th edition, like so many changes all the time, very complex books. You know it's, it's daunting to get back into
1: yeah it really is That's something i've having stepped away from 40k for a little bit of time uh lately and then to look at it and go actually it's quite daunting to get back into uh, i think if you're, if you're riding the the wave right now i think actually ninth fish on the whole from, from what i see from the outside of the minute is that it's in a great place because uh it, it seems balance has kind of been met uh for, for the most part and people who are writing that way of reading really the books have lots of options and stuff they they can use even like 18 24 months on from re- receiving their book they see got lots of stuff but as a person coming back into 40k it's just quite a, a lot of stuff to be looking at to, to play again
0: yeah especially if you're playing like a faction that has received lots of changes like thinking like Harlequins, Drukari, Tyranids, it's like there's a whole layer of updates you have to sort of cross-reference to figure out like what you're even doing. I mean, I remember my brother saw um, just like the amount of updates. He's like, he's like, well, what about the codexes? I was like, any of this stuff even like current? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, are they even doing codexes anymore? And uh, he was serious. <laughs> like I was like, no, dude. Yeah. Like I had to sort of like walk him through. He's like, wow. Um... Yeah,
1: but I watched the the tabletop tactics um, video the other day with the new um, World Eaters book, and that was that was really cool. Actually, they they've got excited about things that I get excited about, like stratagems and all the the relics and warlord traits, just on what two pages. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just for me, if that's the if that's the way they're going forward to, for into a new edition, then that's uh, that's one point for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I and I feel like if the you know, overlay the arcs of omen detachment on top of that, where it's you know, very elegant sort of army creation where, you know, I, I feel myself as a craft world player, I don't know how, you know, players of other factions are necessarily feeling, but even though there's like a ton of freedom I can make like my sort of speed kills, you know, Asariani build. I'm still scrambling for resources. And, you know, part of that is like the specialist nature of Craftworld Eldar. Um, But it's like, okay, you're choosing to sort of lean into a theme here, whether it's like, you know, just in terms of like Force Org slots, whether it's fast, heavy, elite, whatever. But you're going to have to really find utility in those other slots because you can't bring in anything else except for those allied patrols and that's sort yeah. of a mixed bag whether that you know disrupts your army rules or whatnot so you sort of just i mean you are locked into basically just one detachment and you have to have solutions to everything in there
1: yeah i'm sure i, I think i well i picked up there with you said elegant solution i really do think it's an elegant solution that's a, yeah. it really is they've, they've done a great job because on the front of it, you look at it as oh. It's a pick whatever you want attachment. Take it all. <clears throat> but then when you start making stuff, you go, no, actually, that that restriction of picking that one stovepipe to go down, whether that be HQ, leads, troops, fast tackle, or heavy, it, it really does restrict you still, which is really, really fascinating.
0: Yeah, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it all sort of bears out because now that, uh, you know, LVO ran Nephilim just because it was too big of a change um for you know people to sort of capstone their year switching over to almost like nine point five I would say arcs of omen feels like a nine point five edition yeah. um lots of huge changes but it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out for the Eldari family. Um craftworld feels like the Craftworlds have felt like they've they haven't received like very many changes. There's some annoying price hikes um, with a couple of the updates. There's the change to Hail of Doom, but that was ancient history at this yeah. point. And it's interesting to see, though, that uh, the Swift Strikes Craft world has really started to catch on. And it received like an FAQ because you and I were both of uh, you know differing opinions on how that was supposed to work whether you could battle focus after you advance. I didn't think that you could, but GW has ruled that you can. And yeah, that was yeah. your that was your take on it too. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm wicked excited about them. Um I'm not exactly sure whether I'm going to play like sort of points or power level for this upcoming campaign. So I'm not overly focused on points right now. For the most part, I I felt like those points increases were not necessary. It sucked seeing all the Phoenix Lords, including like, you know, Jane's R is kind of in a shitty place right now um, going up in points, but something that, you know, sort of shook the codex to its core. It's not like the space marine points changes where it really has you re-evaluating everything.
1: No. I I thought I saw that they did a a points power level balance data sheet at some point as well. Did they? I think I I, I may be just completely making this up right now, but I thought at some point I saw um,
0: a power level update. That would be interesting. Yeah, I'll see if I can find that. Okay, if,
1: if, if anybody else finds it put it in the comment section if, uh, if if I have been uh, Making it up I put that in the comment section as well. Yeah, I'll be <laughs> so, exciting to see that Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm
0: pretty sure they have I'll, uh, I'll have a look at that later Uh, Yanari, uh, Yanari have actually been doing really really well um, Yeah, you called that didn't you initially? Yeah, I think we both did. Um, I I saw the potential for lots of mortal wounds with them. It doesn't take a sort of uh, genius to see that. But they bring... It's funny because fights first was so maligned for so long. <laughs> but like the mortal wounds, the fights first, which is now like a huge deal uh, because there's so much fights last and the sort of flexibility of their... Um, of the Unari detachment where you can bring in all the different flavors of Eldari has been very appealing. Um, It'd be interesting to see how they fare considering the changes to Flyers because uh, I'd have to talk to some Unari players and see how many of them were sort of, um, you know, flying them off the board and doing like their mortal wound runs at the same time. But, you know, the Flyers coming in turn two for I've heard a lot of competitive players say, oh, it kills all flyer builds. That's it for Yanari. But I'm like, I don't really know. Um, yeah, I actually I think did, there's a lot like to get at so it. Of... Yeah, I mean, our reserve. I mean, I love reserves. Yeah, yeah. Because from my perspective, it keeps them guessing
1: because it means it keeps them honest. Like, it means for two turns, they have to think about the positioning, not knowing yeah. where that thing's coming on, and they have to plan for it. And it's a it's an opportunity to fly on the board and take advantage of a the mistake they make.
0: And because the flyers are such linchpin pieces for the Unari, um, if you if you have to bring them on reserves, you're basically guaranteed to get one full turn to do what you need to do with them, which I think is great. Because I mean, I, I'm I know people are going to be like, "Oh, you're crazy," but I actually. That's like one of the big things about Angron that appeals to me as like a World Eaters player is I'm definitely planning on reserving him. I'm building my list to support that move, but you know, guaranteeing Angron come on full wounds, your opponent doesn't get a chance to strike. I mean, as long as you can soften up the opponent or hide yourself from a deployment standpoint, well. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I think it uh, sort of takes that dilemma like out of your hands. You'd be like, no, well, I guess I can't have them on turn one, but it guarantees they're not going to get blown off the board. And those Eldar flyers are really fragile. Like minus one to hit is nothing.
1: Yeah, see, I've I've never liked keeping that much stuff on the table. I've always been a beta strike person, like turn one. Turn one, I'm hiding and get into position. Yep. Turn two is when I'm looking at pouncing, and I think that comes from early Drakari days, playing back in like fifth and sixth edition, where you kind of have to do that to survive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm all about that, just having minimal stuff on on first at turn, keeping it safe, setting the conditions, and then bringing bringing a void raver bombing on, coming on, <laughs> dropping that void mine down on uh, some poorly placed unit, and then shooting some other stuff up. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. So I'm glad to see that yanari have been doing well because they were dismissed like right off the bat. Like everyone was like, nope, they suck, they're terrible, blah blah blah. But I thought that they were actually really good. And I mean Yeah. And I didn't think that they even had uh strands of fate to begin with, but like that's been clarified a million years ago at this point. But you know, all of that together is a huge suite of tools. I, I think they're great and I'm glad to see they're doing well. They don't have a ton of representation. But they uh, they get a really high win percentage. They really ca- catch people off guard. And I think most Yanari players are sort of faction specialists. And it's it's good to see them doing well.
1: Yeah, so I, I think we're almost a year into the book now, aren't we, actually? Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's it's helped out pretty well, I think, actually. it's Harlequins stand fast. It's nice that they've not been S-tier. Like, for me, an S-tier book is a broken book. Yeah. But... I think they've been a solid A tier for for most of
0: their uh, of their tenure really, which I think is, is a good thing where really. it's kind of where you want it to be. Me too. And, you know, I mean just when we were playtesting that book, that was definitely the focus, like making sure that the the weaknesses were what they should be in terms of uh, you know, lack of resilience and all that kind of stuff. Uh like yeah. you know, at times like the wave serpents were like insanely durable but everything is just sort of right Uh, i mean there's a couple of stinker units in there like dark reapers and stuff like that sadly um just another bit of evidence that gw does not write rules to sell new models (laughs) (laughs) remember howling howling banshees and dark reapers oof tough
1: yeah they're very much in the penalty box i think aren't they
0: yeah yeah but um
1: yeah, it's really interesting. Like, the striking scorpions seem to be very popular. Swooping hawks are very popular. Um, yeah. Warp spiders. It's my three favorite. I'm happy with that.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you ever, like, listen to a podcast like the Thursday show, too, like, whenever they go through, like, a craft worlds list, it's usually, like, a unit of striking scorpions, a unit of banshees, a unit of shining spears, a unit of swooping hawks. It's just, like, it's just the sort of taste the rainbow, which is that's beautiful
1: chef's kiss that's, that's exactly what we wanted wasn't it really yeah an army that you could take a little bit of everything that'd be a good army that was that was kind of what we wanted for the box so it's, it's really good to see that
0: harlequin's dire avengers as well oh yeah, yeah yeah dire oh dire avengers are great like in my arcs I... of omen detachment i'm like where uh can't squeeze these guys in yeah. So, the, my only problem I
1: have with Dire Avengers right now is that the, the sculpts look a little bit old. So, yeah. my next project um, is going to be uh, to do some of those with the um, Guardian bodies. Nice. Yeah. So, put like the little um, targeting array on their back and then put the, um, uh, the Dire Avenger heads on them and maybe the little scopes as well on their guns and go,
0: yeah, it's just a bit more dynamic. Oh, for sure. I actually have 10 of the uh, metal heads from third edition oh uh, really yeah i there's just something about them like it it almost makes them look like forge world uh death core of Krieg, where it's almost like more okay. realistic pr- proportions i'd have to see them alongside the guardians though before i pulled the trigger on them i, I bought those heads like a million years ago and they're just sitting there waiting to waiting to be used um, i want to see which looks better the plastic dire avenger heads or the metal dire avenger heads yeah i have that choice
1: but yeah really really cool I'm really uh really happy how like the aspect warriors have panned out in that book good to see
0: yeah uh harlequins though this has been this has been the the sort of mixed bag uh you know right out of the shoot they were like the void weaver thing like absolute insanity that was crazy um the points on them were way, way off. Um, yeah, and that got fixed relatively quickly. But like after that, like the, the sadaths started getting changed, and there's been like a huge change to them uh, in this arcs of omen update, where they're basically everything is going to five plus invulnerable saves with like the solitaire. Going down with his like three plus being knocked down to a four plus, yeah, very painful. It is. It it, it is painful. Um, my gut feeling
1: is that the points were massively under costed coming out of the gate. Yeah, yeah, by considerable max. Uh, it, it's difficult to say Like any rules, it, it's a good rule generally for the right price. And I think had the Harlequins been costed appropriately. It'd been a bit more of a elite army, which I'd have liked to have seen, rather than being a bit more of a horde army that it's turned out to be. That's incredibly resilient and fast and heavy firepower and heavy combat power. Like it, it just It's effective in every phase of the game, really, which just makes it the aggregation of being good in all phases means that you're great across the entire game. And um, yeah, prob- probably a little bit too much. So I think knocking down the resilience for where they are right now is probably the right thing, I think. Because they should be fragile,
0: yeah. Uh, but it, but
1: it it does sting. It does sting. I'd probably sooner those other resilience things like the minus ones to hit and stuff not been there and actually kept that four plus because I I actually like the four plus in run save because it was, it was a coin toss every time,
0: very thematic uh, with
1: the Which yeah, which is very thematic. So I, I, from a theme, I really liked the four plus in run and um, I hope when they redo those, they keep the four plus in them and. Give up some of the other resilient stuff because, like I say, I really like that, that that coin toss that you get with Harlequins.
0: Yeah, I'm not as much as a sort of Harlequins expert as you. I Harlequins are kind of like your primary jam in terms of Eldar. Yeah, yeah, my... yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I'm more of like a journeyman type like Harlequin player. I uh, you know I haven't like ventured out much beyond just like the Allied Patrol, but like I've played them extensively. Um, And I and I've had great, great, great success with them, and you know it's just one of those. This this is like one of these things that I go to. This is just the way my mind works. I'm like, you can't overcome a four plus armor save, like as uh, like sitting on the other side of Harlequins. I mean that 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 seems ridiculous to me. Um, Yeah. Like the points were off. Like I like they should be like like, hyper-elite, like, custodies level elite in terms yeah, of yeah. footprint. Um, like, the 4-plus invulnerable save was not the issue. It was just how many of them were hitting the board. Um, I, like, I don't feel like Harlequin should be hitting the table in sort of, like, Drukari esque numbers, where they're almost be- being fielded like a, like a witch cult. List. Yeah, yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, I, I'd have seen them being much more elite, almost like custodies level elite. Because I, th- I think that is more beneficial because people spend a lot of time painting them. So, actually, if you can have a smaller army, it means that you will probably more see, more likely to see
0: more of them because uh, it's, it's less to paint up. Yeah, uh, which is, uh, you know, it, it's one of the reasons why I think custodies are a popular army, too, is because you don't have to buy a lot of them to play. Yeah.
1: Yeah, fairly, fairly easy
0: to play as well, on the whole. But yeah, so a
1: little bit disappointed by that. However, I was listening to uh, Manny Chima and Dan from Hammer the other day, and they, uh, Manny's been playing them quite quite competitively. So um, he is less damn beat about them. <clears throat> he was pretty much saying that uh, in his mind they've gone from an S tier to an A tier, which actually, um, as we were just saying there a minute ago, actually, for me, an A tier team's the you team I really want to play. Yeah. As to playing yes, I don't, I don't personally like to play the really broken stuff. Um, so you know, having that bit more of a challenge is probably a good thing. But he said that because um, they undid a lot of the changes that they made to some of the Warlord traits. So there's the, the Super Sniper uh, Death Jester You can take that again now. So which is automatically getting sixes to hit, which means like exploding mortal wounds and all sort of stuff. So that's something you take, and you've still got uh, access to some really cool troop masters as well. So. Yeah, uh, they were they were very upbeat about it. All.
0: Yeah, I think for me, like the 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 issue with Harlequins, any sort of salt that I might have about them is, I, I I liked the way that they were in Eighth Edition. I felt like that was a simple but deep sort of set of rules to dive into, and I felt like they were appropriately nasty, especially after their Psychic Awakening update and. Um, where it was like they were they were expensive, they were elite, but they had a million tricks. Um, yeah. And now it's like they're cheap, but they also have like a million tricks, and yeah. you know they're just super. Di- I mean, they're very unforgiving. Like the the four plus and vulnerable save to me on your standard uh, player uh, it represents their fragility well enough. It, it, like it kept them. Durable enough so anybody could sort of play them, but yep. I, I still feel like if you didn't know what you were doing, you were going to get trashed. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think it's probably just for it's more of like a change suited to like address like top level of play, I guess. So yeah,
1: so and, and I think that's probably where it is as well. I think they they peak really high, yeah. So I think an average person picking them up probably wouldn't do anywhere near as well but a person with some skills can really squeeze the juice out of the harlequins and i think now without five plus in it makes that even more extreme like i think a normal person coming into that is really going to find harlequins hard but a really
0: good player is still going to do pretty well with them yeah and that's fine you know um like at a certain point you've got to just sort of like accept that like you know the harlequins might be a little bit of a sort of flawed faction i, I think if you compare them to like the craft worlds which are you know i think very well received in terms yeah. of you know power accessibility and having like significant weaknesses that you have to play around as a faction
1: yeah, I would really agree. It's it's, it's strange. Cause I think, like as you as you mentioned, at the end of Psychic Awakening, I think they were in a really nice spot. And for me, I just wanted them to have a little bit of polish, you know, a bit of a, a resort of some of the, um, just a bit of tidying up of some of the stratagems and a little bit of polishing to the weapon profiles, and they would have been fine. Like they only needed a very very light touch, and I think they probably got a little bit overhandled in this uh, in this codex.
0: Yeah, you know, I have it in the notes. I'm surprised I didn't bring it up already. But it reminds me of my issues with, like, the Drukhari, where it was just, like, uh, there was way too much stuff going on there. And, uh, you know, playtesters as we are, I mean, there's just some things that, like, you, you can't parse out how everything yeah. is going to unfold. Um, and I think that was the issue with Harlequins and Drukhari. There was way too many rules overlaying each other, and, um, and the points were were off on top of all of that, so it's a lot to address. And it's like Drukhari; they received like probably the same scope of changes as Drukhari. Yeah. And ho- hopefully, like as we've seen, I think with our, all these arcs of omens and uh, world eaters and all of that stuff, they're they're sort of moving towards simplicity again. Putting stuff like yeah. everything sort of baked into the data sheets, which is how I like the game to be.
1: Yeah, that's that's, <clears throat> that's my big hope going forward to tenth editions: that the details in the in the data sheets,
0: and uh, not having
1: lots of strategies and stuff to, to like just make a unit better, I want stratagems to have a a really key effect on the game. That'd be great.
0: Yeah, but you know, I think And, and Drukari uh, have sort of just plateaued. I think they've they haven't been touched again in arcs of omen um so overall i think the eldari family's in a pretty good spot uh Drukhari are definitely sort of lagging behind i think there's been some they, they could have lifted some of the changes on them but overall i think eldari are in a good a good sort of competitive spot you know, not for tournaments, but just in terms of they're not like lagging light years behind. They're not like you know hanging out in ad mech sort of territory or anything by any stretch of the imagination. They're a good, strong faction overall.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think they've got reasonable like, internal balance as well, which is nice because, like I say, there's, there's just so many options, so many picks, and I, th- I think we chatted yesterday about the, the struggle of being an Eldari player right now is actually you have so much choice you're spoiled really um of what to go for and you know i found it struggle to sort of settle on a list that i want to play and my, my buddy kit who's a bit of a long-term harlequins player but now getting into, into craft worlds as well was like oh what about this what about this list what about this list and it's like it's like an excited puppy like just going from one to the next because it's like there's so much cool stuff from this book you know even even a year later for her, for people to discover it's great
0: yeah, I mean I'm right there I I'm right there cuz I have so many different builds whether it's like I can run like a just a vehicle list, I can run a jet bike list, I can run a Wraith host, I can run an Aspect Warriors list. But like it's pff, you don't know which direction you want to go in uh, because no. it's all so good.
1: Yeah, so this is what I think I was saying to yesterday. Um I've now just gone for a theme and gone okay, I'm going to play a a bike army or I'm going to play a list uh, based around or create a list based around the Avatar of Kane, or or deployment shenanigans you know not taking anything less it can you know do some sort of infiltrating or scouting or some sort of redeployment stuff and just playing on those little themes and you know making that a theme in the army it's just a artificially, I guess contain some of my, my choices really because there's just too many
0: options yeah Um, And it's interesting, like, challenges to sort of, like, overcome, too, where you're like, oh, I just need, like, one more, you know, just a a different look in terms of, like, weapon profile. I'm like, where is some Strength 9? And you're like, oh, I've got my Falcons here. But what if I ran wraith guard? But does that mean I need to switch out of, like, the all-fast attacks on my Arcs of Omen list? Uh, Yeah. Like, what do I do? Because I need those Howling Banshees. So. (laughs) um, Yeah. And like none of those are like like easy button solutions either. Like they're all like I better like be prepared. Like what what am I going to do if I lose these guys? Um, so everything is just in that sort of sweet spot uh, with the craft world side of things right now, where it's there's not a lot of redundancy, but like what you do have is really really good. And just sort of making it all work is the challenge. And I think you know, that's been always one of the appeals to craft world for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And it's, as I keep looking at my, the holes in my, uh, in my army list at the moment. And for me, like vipers, I think that's something that I really need to get into my, into my army because it's, it's the mobility and firepower that you're yeah. talking about kind of yeah. there. Actually, that's uh, it's a, it's a key one for me. Give them some bright lances or, or some missile launchers to scoot around the board and get into places and shoot,
0: Yeah, or just shirking cannons or, you know, whatever. Uh, You you could sort of, like, go in any direction. Like, uh, surprise, surprise, like, um, that's been one of my big things, too, is do I want to pick up, um, like, I want more fast. Um, Do I want vipers or do I sort of dip into... more hornets and obviously i'm going to go with more hornets (laughs) we
1: we, we know what the answer is there don't we (laughs) yes because i've got them alex athanas in uh hornet
0: shocker (laughs) i know i know so why don't we start going through the uh the sort of arcs of omen detachment and uh like what is it like what does it mean to us going forward and uh, like, what are the advantages and what are the sort of drawbacks or challenges um, that it represents? So obviously, like I'm sure all of you guys have seen the Arcs of Omen Detachment. Um, the, the cool thing about it is you basically choose one Force Org slot to really, really lean into. Um, so if you want, if you're gonna make like Fast Attack be your primary Force Org slot, um, you get three of those, and then you can take three more, and then you can just take three of the other four Sorg slots. So you get yeah. six in one, three in all the others. Um, and so there is a ton of flexibility there, but you can't bring in another detachment unless it's a patrol of Harlequins for Eldari. Yes. Um, and that includes Drukari. So... I mean, it sounds like, oh, wow, uh, I have all the flexibility in the world. But, you know, I was talking to you, Wes, about this on the phone the other day. I could literally take two um, Outrider detachments and probably still need more fast attack (laughs) slots. Um, Yeah. So, but you can't. You can't take like just a little cheeky patrol just to get a couple more slots in there. You are stuck with that. So, you're really looking to things like squadrons, um, like anything to get more units like into a single Force Org slot.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is tough. One thing I did notice, uh, that didn't necessarily stand out straight away, is there's a, a special slot there for elite characters as well. So you can take up to, I think it's three uh, elite models that are characters, in, uh, and they don't count towards the, the standard elite choice. That's cool. Yeah, so when it comes to like Harlequins, when you want to take your Death Justice and stuff, they can fit into that slot, which is quite nice.
0: That's, you know, that's really good. Or Craft is not so big a deal because the single Warlocks don't count as elite choices anyways. Um, yeah. So long as you have a Farseer. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I've, I've really struggled to um, sort of... S- like settle on an actual list because six fast attack slots, like realistically, like if I wanted to take sort of like my dream list, it would probably be nine um, because I'd want like multiple units of Hawks, riders, Hornets, um, and even like Shining Spears. I know Shining Spears are not the best, um, but I actually like them as a sort of like aggressive table setter. It's like, okay, yeah, kill them. And if you don't kill them, they're going to kill you. Um, yeah. So they take it takes a little bit of pressure off of my wind riders, and they're a you know a lightning fast assault unit that you have to deal with. Um, yeah, I, I kind of struggle before I, before I do anything, I want
1: three three man units of uh, jet bikes, and yeah. I want two units of warp spiders and a, a unit of um, super hawks before I even begin, and that's me full. <laughs> And then on top of that, I want the Shroud Runners as well, because they're really cool. Once want to get some Vipers in there, because they're really neat as well. It is just it is a struggle, that, that fast attack slots for me. is really difficult.
0: It is. Um, and I think when guards sort of fully enter the meta, like once that sort of hobby lag is caught up, like it's not going to be as it has been in ninth edition. Like you are going to have to be able to deal with vehicles. And like the guard profiles on those vehicles are beefy as hell um yeah you know the two plus armor on the Lehman russ is like a huge deal for shuriken weapons and stuff like that because i mean you know you're not gonna you don't want to be using shuriken weapons on Lehman russes you don't like you're gonna want to be using them against their infantry so you're almost in a like almost like a Drakari player counting your dark light you know counting your lances your wraith cannons Uh, your pulse lasers, stuff like that. Um, And, you know, I've always said about, you know, Jukari are probably like envious of how many platforms their craft world cousins have for that kind of weaponry. But, you know, that being said, you can't squadron with some of the sort of choice takes. Like if you could take a squadron of fire prisms or a squadron of falcons, it'd be like a game changer. But you can't. So you're looking at, like, uh, Hornets, Vipers, and Warwalkers. All really fragile units. Um, Or you're looking at Wraith Guard, Wraith Lords. Wraith Knights. Wraith Knights, which I'm actually... The both of us are looking at now. Yeah. Just to give your opponent, like, a different look and get that much-needed, you know, tank-slash-monster-killing firepower into your list but that means you're you're sort of stepping away from the elites where all your aspect warriors are
1: yeah yeah it it, it is it is tough we have lots of overlap in the book um i think on the whole um especially like in the the fast attack as well it is there are so many firepower options there as well that are fast And it's like at some point you have to pick your poison about which one you want to go for and i think i think hornet's your thing aren't they really so i think uh, a, a couple of squadrons of those are actually a really really good choice
0: yeah and i mean obviously i've talked about them you know for years and years but like the built-in minus one the fact that you can get two lances on each one as opposed to the viper that can only get the the cannon and the lance um yeah. so i mean war walkers are great uh i I own a couple of Warwalkers, but you know, realistically I'd want to get like more of them, but I wanna work with what I have and that also drastically changes how the how my army operates too. I love the mobility um, of Swift Strikes plus Children of the Open Skies and the Hornets have outrageous speed as it is, and they have like built in um, star engines, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, Yeah, they are. They are really cool. They
1: they really have pretty much everything you want, really, don't they? In the units.
0: Yeah, they have, and like so, they free up your command points, so you're not having to do lightning fast on them and things like that. So, they've got you know they offer a lot, but they can't do everything, and they're actually difficult to hide, especially when you're taking them in squadrons because they're kind of broad. They're like about like two Vipers across. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they've got quite a large footprint, actually. Yeah, they really do.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah,
1: I think I'm leaning, for that reason, a little bit more toward the Vipers, just for that ability to hide them around the table a little bit more. Yeah. And and I've got about 10 of them on Sprue, ready to go. Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if I had more Vipers, I would take them, too. Um, Especially because you can be, like, really aggressive with them. They're a great, like, trading piece. Yeah. so, I like, I know for myself, like, I was like, oh, I can't decide on, like, what I want to use to get, like, more lances into my list. Um, and I decided to take, like, a... So I've always run, like, two units of two in ninth edition. I was like, you know, I'm going to run, like, a third unit of two just to be, like, really, really aggressive with them. Like, this will be, like, my trading piece unit that I'll, like, move, like, all the way, like, out into the open to take, like, you know, really high-priority targets down where I'm just like, all right, if they die, they die. Um, But with the Vipers, they're so cheap. They are so freaking cheap that you can do that without a second thought. Yeah,
1: yeah. And they—they they fast as well.
0: They're wicked I, fast. Yeah, you know, yeah, really cool, really cool.
1: Um, so what are the advantages of the uh, of the attachment that you think they of? for Eldari?
0: I mean, there's—you don't have to take troops. I think that, like, to me, is one of the biggest deals. I mean, like. For matched play, you're definitely probably still want like two units of Rangers just because their secondary is really good. Yeah, It's funny that that's only just caught on. I, like we were saying that right from the beginning. Like yeah. in playtesting, I was racking up points with my Rangers. Which is a no brainer, really. Yeah. From, from my perspective, yeah. So um, you, you still want maybe two units of Rangers, but it's also a good chance to take uh, some Corsairs because you don't care about them filling up compulsory slots anymore. Um, yeah. So if you just want them to come down in Falcons for some really nice sort of like drop pod action with some good anti infantry, um, if your fast attack slot is like totally jammed up and you can't fit more swooping hawks into your build, you know, that's a nice option. You could take a blaster in there too for like additional versatility. So would you,
1: you take those over Dire Avengers?
0: Um, well, Dire Avengers are elites.
1: Hmm. But uh, what what would you be filling up with your elites? What would your elite choices be? I guess wraith guard for you.
0: It's a big unit of ten wraith blades and two units of banshees. Ah, uh, okay. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. Like dire avengers are like a better choice, but corsairs are sort of like discount dire avengers with a little bit of like flexibility, like you know, adding that blaster. To a unit unit of them, like so, you could drop down in a Falcon with a bright lance, a pulse laser, and a blaster. It's pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah, that 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 is really good. That is really good. Yeah, that's that's a good point, actually. Yeah, for me, I, I I I by default go for rangers, but um, I've got the corsairs now. I should think about them a little bit more, really, and actually getting them into a list.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're good. Like I would take them with shuriken rifles, and. You know, they're just just come down in the come down in the Falcons and just provide a little bit of like uh, backfield firepower. Like you know, drop down in your opponent's backfield or you know, just come out of the Falcon in a really opportune spot and just lay down some additional firepower, like 24 inch range with the with the rifles. I really dig them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really good point as well, actually. Hmm.
0: I think I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, and I think they have Objective Secured, too. They just don't fulfill a four slot. Yes, that's how I remember it to be, yeah. Yeah, I'd have to double-check on that. But I've I actually been looking at Corsairs. I have, like, I have room in my list, uh, like, a considerable amount of room in my list to sort of play around with things, and I've, I've been leaning in that direction, too. Um, mm. So... Even the Void Scarred are interesting too, with like the Psyker and stuff like that in there.
1: I think they struggle though, from what you were saying a minute ago, is that their elite choice. Um,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, that, that,
0: that elite choice is tough. They could have just been expensive troops, but it's wish listing <laughs> at this point. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, in, in, in Hightower, I really like them to be. Is it the characters in there? So, like the, 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 the Sniper and the, the Psyker. Yeah have actually been taken out and put as like hq units i yeah. think that'd be really cool Me too. and then you could if for one box you could have actually just made an entire corsair army amazing
0: i know they could have been like elite like some of them could have been like the elite four sword slot characters too yeah you know
1: yeah, yeah so you could have made a um like, what's the the leader of the um like the Prince the Corsair, Prince. One could have been a Corsair Prince, yeah. Uh, and then you could have had uh, the Wayseers and stuff, which could have been an HQ as well. But then you could have had, like an Elite Sniper. Mm-hmm. Um, that that would have been neat. And then you got the um, the Shroud Runner, Shroud Runner, the, um, the guy with the jump pack. That could have been an Elite HQ thing, like jumping between your shadows and stuff and hopping over the board.
0: Yeah, almost like a solitaire, like a Corsair solitaire. Yeah, yeah Corsair yeah. solitaire. That'd have been. That would have been immense. Yeah, I'd love that. And, I mean, what would have been cool is Drukhari could have taken them, too. And then you would have, had like, yeah. a Drukari Corsair, like, assassin. I mean, it would have been amazing. I, the yeah, the Real know. Space Raider guys were talking about that, too. Like, where the hell is a really- assassin at? Like, you've got to have one. I mean, and, like, I totally agree. They should. Um, yeah, yeah. And Corsair assassin? Oh, man. that's That's a no-brainer. Yeah,
1: yeah that's... That's that to be thematic-wise, well, is probably one of the biggest misses that they could have. Because like that's just that dude's so cool. Yeah.
0: Just
1: a, a little bit more, you know, a few more data sheets in there would have created something really quite fascinating.
0: I'll throw this out there. I mean, this is like totally unconfirmed. I don't, I have no inside knowledge on this at all. But uh you know, guys can roast me in the comments if you want. But Valorac has talked about corsairs are going to become like a legit forty k faction. So. Oh really? Yeah interesting that like he's been talking about like the Forge World stuff uh, event, like all the Forge World stuff is eventually going to go mainline and it sort of has like with the Leviathan and all that other stuff um, and he mentioned uh, Corsairs and Exodites like eventually like sort of coming into their own and I mean you know varak he doesn't have any skin in the game in the, as far as like Eldari <laughs> go so yeah. you know and that came from one of his like trusted dudes and I mean his his main guy, whoever that guy is, is never wrong. Like, he, <laughs> you know, he called like Angron like three years ago. So, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, he's definitely got he's got a rat in there, hasn't he? Definitely. Yes. <laughs>
0: but I mean, as you can tell, like we're super hyped for Eldari right now. I think Arcs of Omen is is going to be like a really nice way to sort of close out Ninth Edition. At least that's what it feels like. Um so I'm really excited. Like, what what are you excited for? Like, I, I for me, the hype comes around building a fast attack, heavy list that really matches my corsairs, and I'm not paying command points to do so. Like, what about you? Like, what 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 are you excited about?
1: So I'm uh, I'm looking at tasting the rainbow um, on my wall. I've got the, the classic second edition artwork, uh, where it's all the uh, with the X. Ex- Avenger X-Arc there all the different uh, guys in the background there and I'm kind of trying to go for that so I've, I've painted my Ibrasil army over this year and um, I've painted them the Corsairs and I've used uh, and I've painted them in uh, Void Dragons but I've used exactly the same colors but it's just in slightly different proportions or dramatically different proportions and I'm dro- doing my, my Harlequins as well so I'm doing them in exactly the same colors um, but again oh, yeah. in different proportions so it all fits really nicely so when you look at it although there be different colours and different robs of colour on the on the army uh, it's actually all the same colours but just in different proportions so that's kind of what I'm going for it's, it's, it's just a different themed army so I want to have a hardcore element of um, Harlequins in it I want to have some of the Corsairs uh, which you've just sold me on I've got some uh, old school wasps as well so I'm going to bring them into there and we discussed beforehand I think I'm going to pair yeah. them up as uh, foy dragons as well Stick a uh, uh, stick a falcon in there as well, and paint that up. So that's kind of I'm, I've got these little nice things I want to do, and it's I'm not necessarily going for super competitive, but I'm going to make it a, a, as competitive as I can with the theme that I'm going for, which is just a little bit of variety of the old school stuff. And uh, I've got to have warp
0: spiders because they're my favourite, and striking scorpions in there as well. Um, Sounds great, man. Actually, th- that's sort of what the competitive lists look like nowadays. Though, like you know, in these craft world lists, that they're like you know the, the most like tuned craft world lists are not spammy at all. Like they're like, can you use these units well? If you will, if you can, you will stomp. If you can't, you will get stomped. So yeah,
1: that, that's, that's what I've always liked to play Eldari. Yeah. Is just little bits of thinking is the, the, the being the Eldari general or the, the altar is... Being able to send the right piece of equipment in to do the right job at the right time, yeah, and that's that—that that was pretty much the skill as a, an Eldar player. So yes, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm going with my my army. That's uh, it's it's just a little debate of whether I I'd love to get the Avatar of Kane in there as well because it's just a beautiful model and it's the freaking Avatar of Kane.
0: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: it's, it's very very few Like after uh, uh, Morgan Ron, the. It, He's the one that has the, the rock and roll sort, sort of soundtrack when he enters the stage, isn't he? Like, yeah. flashing, dimming stuff,
0: yeah. So, for he, that's something I want to get on the table. He's just so freaking cool. I mean, I think the Avatar is great. Like, I think the Avatar coming out of the Wubway gate, especially with some of, like, the... Melee is, like, a big thing right now. Uh, mm. entering the game in engagement range like fine go for the middle of the board i'm gonna drop like the webway gate <laughs> down and the avatar is just gonna walk through and you know if you're there he's gonna be happy to meet you yeah
1: yeah it's been really interesting because i've been getting back on the 40k trail again listening to different podcasts and youtube things and um i was listening to one uh actually was the the eldar crossworlds uh youtube channel Brent. Brent yeah yeah so I was listening to one of his the other day and there was a guy chatting on there about his lists and having the um, uh, the heavy support platforms and actually they sound pretty cool like
0: yeah they're great
1: because I've, I've I've never really thought about controlling the midboard so much I've always been a very offensive player it's like getting to the opponents part mm-hmm. but actually having something that can sit there and dominate the firepower in the centre of board is actually quite a,
0: quite a different way of play that I've not really thought about before is he using D cannons D cannons yeah yeah I mean, I've never been a fan of the range of the D cannons. Like the 24 inches has just always been a major turnoff for me. But uh, Neil Tweed, who's like a listener to our show, Eldar underscore Cragnon on Instagram, uh, classic Olatok player, very good player, goes to tournaments a lot, has absolutely gorgeous army. He just added uh, the, D, the D platforms, the D weapon platforms, to uh to his list i know he's all about it about controlling like the center of the board but you, know, you could sort of do that in reverse with the avatar it's not a ranged option but you know walking him out of the webway gate is like hey, great if like uh yeah. your opponent avoids it he's deploying in the middle of the board if not you know if they do come near the webway gate he's going to come out and smash
1: yeah yeah so it's so for a change i'm going less for a the way the army plays no matter how it looks. Um, which is kind of what we made me at really. But in, in the process of doing that, I'm taking lots of different different
0: things. So um it should be should be quite a cool list. Yeah, it sounds great, man. Like uh and one of the cool things about like the sort of arcs of omen detachment is that it makes that sort of viable without you sort of really paying the piper in terms of like command points or anything like that. And I think it enables like sort of old school players. Like if you grew up in like a second, third edition where you could, you know, you have like that sort of taste the rainbow it was like almost the only way you could play back yeah. then. Um, it's very viable now.
1: Yeah. So one thing I've done as well, is that I've bought the, um, the Ranger from the uh, Blackstone Fortress set. Oh, I'm going to yeah. paint this up because it's a female as well. So I'm going to run that as um, uh if I'm, if I'm running, like, a Elotok sort of list as well, which is quite cool.
0: Oh, yeah, so it counts as, uh, like, Nightspear?
1: Yeah, on. yeah. Yeah. Just,
0: I actually think he's good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah, he's, he's
0: got uh, a serious gun there, hasn't he? Yeah, and he can't be targeted by shooting no. attacks. So Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, was, I was really hoping the Death Jesters were going to get that, but that would probably be a bit, a bit too much.
0: Yeah, ooh, <laughs> ooh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Not with uh, those relic cannons and all of that stuff. No, way too much. Yeah. So I think it's exciting times. Arcs of Omen uh, is a very welcome change um, for me. I love the flexibility of the detachment. Um, it makes my life as a craft world player a lot easier because, uh, as it stood, with like the reduction in command points to like six CP in match play. Like, I, you can't take, like, to... Uh, you were killing yourself to take that uh, Outrider detachment. That was brutal.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I go back to what you said before. It really is an adequate solution they've got for this. It's it is a great, uh, great way. I hope they carry this sort of thing through to you into the next edition because uh, I think they've done very well with it.
0: Yeah, so do I, man. Uh, I think it's definitely a good sign... Of things to come i think the world eaters codex is a good sign of things to come and i can't wait to get back on the table i mean i i had that game with my brother and that was great fun it was super easy uh running a arcs of omen detachment and i mean we weren't playing like very high power level or anything like that but um it just felt right it felt like natural um like the what, you weren't like juggling resource management and trying to put together a list, you were just p- trying to put together something that works for you. And um, I loved it.
1: Yeah, and I guess with, with that limited number of strategy, uh, CP throughout the game, you can almost down select a lot of your, your strategies that you're gonna use that game as well, because there are just some at that point, it's not even worth considering uh, for yeah, that, that CP expenditure.
0: Yeah, especially for, there's a million in the craft world book too. Oh man, yeah, yeah. I,
1: I made a little table for them all. I think it's like, it's like thirty odd, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you, you got to be familiar with all thirty, especially if you're playing Harlequins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah it's, it's it's really interesting having played kill team where we've got like between six and eight uh, stratagems that you can use per kill team, and you know I, I struggle to remember some of them, let alone coming to try and remember how to do. 30 gold for the the aldari codex
0: yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting man it's gonna be interesting going forward uh so i i can't wait to get back and play like a, another like full you know full scale 2000 point game and see how all of this sort of pulls together and i'm excited too because i'm going to be able to play against two new armies like i'm going to be able to play against guard i'm going to be able to play against world eaters and uh you know my dark angels are are going to be incorporated into this campaign too. So, I mean, they've been one of the strongest Space Marine factions in, you know, in all of 9th edition. Like, they're still going strong. Like, that was a great codex. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot to be excited about. I could play my way against, like, new armies and battle-tested, you know, great armies like Dark Angels. Good times, man. It's a good time to be in the game. It is,
1: and I've got to, I've got a weekend of gaming coming up next month with a with a couple of buddies as well, so I'm really looking forward to uh, to that as well. So I'm really starting to tune my list for those. Nice.
0: So what are you thinking? Um. Well, uh,
1: kind of. Uh, if I if I can get the corsairs painted by then, I think I'm going to add those in. Um, but I think I'm probably going to go with a heavy harlequin list initially because. It'd be nice to see out the edition with, with the Harlequins as they are and actually give the uh, give this 5-plus in a go and see how that pans out.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, you played them in 6th edition. I mean, you were playing the special detachment, though, where they had reroll ones. So yeah. you've been there before.
1: Yeah, so it, it feels very familiar. Uh, so actually, I, I made up a list uh, the other day. And you know what? It was pretty much my 7th edition Harlequin list. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's it's very familiar. So looking forward to going back to playing that. And it, like I said, it was five plus invuns then uh, with the rerolls of ones, which actually made a significant difference.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's, so, uh, it's funny you say that because the list I'm working on is almost identical to the list I sort of brought back to the game when I started getting really into the game in 6th edition with like the Hornets, a couple of Wave Serpents, Jet Bikes. Um, actually, it's sort of like my 6th and 7th edition list. Jet Bikes, some Swooping Hawks. I was wicked into Swooping Hawks in 7th edition because I played against a lot of Tau and their Grenade yep. Drop uh, with AP-4, Ignore Cover on like Fire yeah. Warriors and stuff like that. And Cover was perfect. So yeah. yeah. So... And also with corsairs, like legit corsairs, because I'm interested in putting them in the Falcons. That's like the depend like the one little mix up is like, I like I want to run my warp hunters. Like I've got the two, potentially three, if I wanted to run them. But I just think it's the Falcons are just too good, and they're also really fluffy for a corsair army too. Yeah. With actual corsairs in them too, yeah. you know, it's kind of tough not to run them.
1: No, you, you've got to do that. You, you, you're doing it wrong if you don't do that.
0: Yeah. So it's a debate between, do I do, like, uh, Fire Prism or the Lynx? Um, I don't want to, like, sort of... I don't think I want to drop the Lynx in the first game of this campaign with my brother. Um, yeah. It could be, like, a little bit much. Um, but... It's definitely, like, all of that stuff is going to be in a game upcoming. So it's really cool, man. I mean, these are, like, units that I love, and the stuff that I'm painting, I'm excited to paint. Like, more Swooping Hawks. I've got, like, a really cool, like, Command Wave Serpent I'm working on for my Corsair Prince with a bunch of rare bits on there. So none of this stuff feels like, oh, I'm having to, like, you know, you know, it's not like 8th Edition where you're forced to run, like, 15 Dark Reapers or something like that just to be competitive.
1: No, 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 it's not uh, in fact, I'm running into a conversation about it earlier i'm I'm thinking I'm gonna get a cobra,
0: oh yeah dude yeah it was, it's
1: was my fortieth birthday yeah uh, last month, so I think that might my, my my belated uh, birthday treat,
0: <laughs> you know what that gives me an idea, I think like for maybe for the next episode, like don't hold us to this, but we should talk about uh new units. Our
1: 11th edition's going?
0: Oh yeah, 11th. No, it's not going to be that long. (laughs) But, uh, units that are worth sort of like a second look. Like, because we were talking earlier when you were talking about the Cobra, I was like, I thought the Scorpion and the Cobra were sort of good to go. Like, from the beginning of 9th edition. They're not that many points. And you could bring them out of reserves for free if you're worried about them getting Alpha struck off the board. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, So...
1: yeah, let's, let's let's have a look at that. That'd be cool, actually. To you know, things, think things you may have missed.
0: Yeah, like the D cannons or the you know the Scorpion or the Cobra or whatever. Like I think there's some juicy and exciting units that would be fun to add to your collection or maybe dust off if you've already have them painted up.
1: Yeah, because especially at this, this stage of the edition, it's like, have about it? Just go, go have fun. Yeah, go go try those things before it's too late
0: yeah exactly because it's all you know it's all going to change soon and you know there's some there's a lot of really classic or super cool rare units that are in a good spot right now so you know get them on the table and play with them i mean that's what we're going to be doing so
1: yeah absolutely shadow specters was always one of the ones to try
0: yeah oh dude shadow specters and uh swift strikes and children of the open skies battle focusing and all that Ooh, it's nasty (laughs) yeah, stop, talk, stop talking dirty to me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah man, those are those are cool. Yeah. Yeah, let's let's do that for next next uh next podcast.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. All right guys. So I think that's all we got for today. Wes, do you got anything more?
1: No, it's great to be back. I'm starting to fade a little bit now. It's been a long day today, but it's uh, it's been great to do this again. Let's uh let's make sure we keep this on a roll
0: yeah absolutely we'll be back soon guys and we'll have some fun and interesting topics to talk about uh, shoot us an email make a post in the Facebook group or hit us up on Instagram if there's any units that you guys are excited about for Arcs of Omen and uh, yeah I guess we'll be back soon
1: yeah or uh, Twitch, Twitch sorry Twitch I mean Twitter hit us up on Twitter as well we've got a uh,
0: a Twitter crack on there I tend to be on there mainly these days I don't really use Facebook so it'll be cool yeah hit us up guys interested to see what you're doing and uh we'll be back real soon see you then